Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high-tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Heart to Kill program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in this episode, in episode five of the Heart to Kill podcast, what I wanted to discuss was the use of low-cost apps uh, templates, off-the-shelf solutions, and cookie-cutter options for the purpose of physical preparation. So when I talk about physical preparation, let's create a clear definition of what that means. I'm talking about actual intentional training for a devised deliverable outcome. So we're not talking about recreational exercise. You know, this is not aimed and targeted at, you know, 45-year-old Sandra who just wants to make sure that she's healthy to, to minimize stress on her knees. Okay. We're, we're talking about individuals who are in the pursuit of physical preparation, in the pursuit of you know some form of goal, irrespective of that's an outcome-oriented goal or a process-oriented goal, irrespective of whether it's a tactical athlete or a high performance athlete, irrespective of whether it's someone who's just interested and curious about the greatest version of themselves or someone who's looking to prepare to go to a briefing course that's irrelevant you know it all falls in the same bracket of physical preparation so really turning up with a degree of intent and purpose to work towards an outcome so that's what i kind of mean by physical preparation okay it's not recreational exercise for the sake of it and i'm also keen to articulate and communicate that i'm not here to shame or judge anyone's purchase behavior or anyone's decisions in the past what i'm simply here to do is offer new perspectives insights paradigms, I suppose from from my perspective and through my eyes after having been a coach for 10 years now in November which is fucking flown by after having changed the lives of genuinely hundreds and hundreds of individuals in an eclectic mix of settings and scenarios I want to show you how I think and then at the end of this conversation we'll wrap it up and I'll talk about my intended outcome from this and what it is I hope to inspire what it is I hope to deliver um, and why I feel it's important that I had this conversation because ultimately the same level of thinking in an individual is obviously going to instigate and create the same actions, which is only ever going to create the same outcomes. And that's if all the external variables stay the same, but owing to the often very dynamic and adaptive way that, that life presents itself you know things never stay the same whether that's like children being on or off school holidays whether that's work shifts whether that's injury status well you know there's any one of a host of different number of things that's just three or four out of a list of probably multiple hundred i could think about so the same thinking and the same actions actually are probably never ever going to create the same result it's actually going to decrementally decrease if you're not being dynamic and adapted with them and that's you know kind of the the overarching concept that i'd like to talk about today when we are referring to the use of of apps, templates, cookie cutter solutions to very, very complex uh, situations and scenarios. Because when an individual believes that they have got the right solution, but it's not working time after time after time, the problem therein is that they begin to believe that they are the problem. And if you're listening to this, and, and if you are, and I hazard a guess, a high percentage of you have used apps, templates, you know, all that sort of good stuff, you, you start to then genuinely believe that you are the problem, that it must be an issue with your motivation or your trainability, or you, you as an athlete, you maybe don't have the capabilities um, to do what it is you aspire to do. And that is fundamentally wrong. And that is what I want to discuss in order to lay some truth on the table, in order to discuss my perspective, to, to allow people to understand you, you really are um, much, much closer than you think. It's just that these things in the industry 
are problematic from my perspective. Okay, so let's get first into it. The first point that I would like to discuss is kind of, I guess, shining a light on some industry secrets. And what I mean by that is, obviously I've been in this game for a long, long time. I've been in a lot of high level conversations with a lot of people who have a degree of, a large degree of influence on the health and fitness industry and what goes on with it, what the current trends are, how approaches are delivered and the way in which we would facilitate remote training. And after having had in-depth and exposing conversations with many of the people who perpetuate these templates, these cookie cutters in these apps, I can tell you something that they might not be happy for you to hear, which is when an individual purchases a program or a template or their app, after that point, the coach, if we can call them that, has no control over whether or not that person gets a result. So what is it they, they can do in an effort to mean that the shit might stick? Because let's be under no illusion. If you throw enough shit, eventually some will stick. So what they do is they deliberately deliver excessive stimuli. And what we mean by this is in an actual coach-client relationship, whether that's one-to-one -one on the gym floor, whether that's in a remote coaching environment, such as the Hard to Kill program, where there's a high degree of you know, interaction and integration, feedback and engagement between coach and client. In those situations and scenarios, there's a lot of coaching going on. So we're asking open-ended questions. We're listening to subjective feedback from the client about how it feels, what their recoverability is like. We're obviously tracking biometric objective data sets. We're looking at subjective feedback of how tired they are, where their energy's at, etc., so on and so forth. When someone simply buys a template, there is no capacity for that to happen. So how do you ensure that that individual gets something like a result? Well, you just jack the fucking volume up. It's that simple. So if I'm you know, delivering coaching remotely to an individual in the Heart to Kill program, we're obviously able to deliver an enormous amount of ordinance on like execution, intention, all of the acute variables surrounding that lift to make sure it is maximally impactful. So we're using often minimum effective dose and building from there to, to create the stress and get the stimuli and essentially response and the adaptation that we want. That is true coaching, okay? And it's in order to make sure that that individual gets the, that gets the reward, gets the, the outcome, gets the result that they want without fucking killing them. But again, when there's no actual coaching taking place, when it's literally just a list of fucking exercises, you cannot make that guarantee. That, that's not happening. That fundamental underpinning part of the coaching process is not happening. So rather than look at intent and accuracy in sending those signals, it goes from being a sniper rifle to being a fucking GPMG of just fuck everything in that general direction. These are all getting fucking smashed. And that is very much the approach. So rather than maybe being three sets of six on a trap bar deadlift, if we're coached correctly, we can get the, we can create the stress which initiates the stimuli which gives us the adaptation that we want, it will be like four sets of 10. But that individual doesn't actually have the infrastructure or the capacity to deal with that volume. They're actually at a point of technical breakdown far before those sets are finishing. And again, there's no insight as to how they should select their load, where their form is at, etc., so on and so forth. So that's the first point is to understand whenever you buy templates, apps, off-the-shelf cookie-cutter solutions, there is going to deliberately be excessive stimuli. And that's just in the lifting sense. You know, many of you who are listening to this will have used some of that, that the market leaders in, in tactical apps, etc. And you'll know from some of like the run sessions or the sprint sessions, they are barbarically high in volume. And you may be from a background, especially if you're from the military or law enforcement or from a elite sporting background, thinking, oh, I've just got to suck it up. I've just got to get it done. And whilst that level of thinking is a superpower if refined, it will also lead you to getting broken because that might mindset can be very beneficial in an acute sense when you really do have to like exploit your capabilities. But in you know the 80% of training where you should be looking to dis 
discover and explore and expand upon current capabilities, that's going to lead to non-functional overreaching, what we'd other call, otherwise call overtraining. So things like shin splints, low back pain, foot pain, like all of these are a direct result of aggressively increasing volume and intensity without the, the prerequisite fundamental building blocks to facilitate that. So that excessive stimuli, again, is not going to make me particularly popular again amongst people who perpetuate this bullshit, but it needs said, so it is what it is. And excessive stimuli is a number one tactic and behind the scenes kind of thing that's utilized in order to make sure that you get something like a result, even though there's no coaching going on. Throw enough shit and eventually it will stick and they will butcher you uh, because, you know, if they sell that program to 100 people, maybe 10 get the result they want. The other 90, not their problem because they can use those 10 as a social proof. And that's obviously what it is you see on social media. The second point is, well, there's no, there's no analysis. In the world, in the sphere of, of, of strength and conditioning, irrespective of what degree and caliber of athlete you are, irrespective of where you're at on your continuum of training, there always needs to be an athlete needs analysis. And what it is that we're analyzing is going to depend on you as an athlete. So if you're, you're quite a new recreational trainer, largely we're going to be looking at, okay, where are your lifestyle stresses right now? What's your sleep like? Have you got new young children? You know, have you got a very stressful job? What's your current level of movement capacity? You know, do you have pain? What's your diet like? Those are the kinds of questions we're going to be excavating to, to perform something called an athlete needs analysis. If you're obviously a more advanced athlete, whether you're knocking on the door of elite units or going with selection or promotion carders, if, if you're just looking to really expand upon and progress yourself as an athlete, we're going to then need to look at slightly more in-depth athlete needs analysis. So let's look at your training history. How long is your training history? What are your current performance records to this point in time? What's your injury history like? What are your preferences? Again, what's your recoverability like? Where's your current work capacity? We'll look at biometric data and again it's very individualized and specific because to use the hard to kill program as an example because i genuinely believe we do this better than anybody and that's not me being biased that's just me having built these systems in order to, to cater to this we we very much believe in coaching the person not in the process and i'll come to, to how we facilitate that in a little while and, and why it's important that you do that but understanding referring back to the key point there is no athlete needs analysis performed in the vast majority of these templates and these cookie cutters because how could there be you go online to a website or you follow a link tree click to buy now 40 50 60 60 80 whatever quid 30 quid a month whatever uh, and it's just delivered immediately to your phone now there may obviously be some kind of information like how old are you what's your body weight but you know to be very very fucking honest you will all know that there can be a six foot 100 kilo guy who is has the same body fat as a pork scratching and there can be a six foot 100 kilo guy who is eight percent body fat and an absolute fucking athlete but you're telling me from those two data sets they'd get the same programming with the same level of volume and intensity and, and specificity and and variation and intensity that would make absolutely no sense whatsoever but here it is going on and no one's raised any awareness to it so that was point number two that there is no needs analysis which leads me neatly on to point number three if there is any kind of analysis it falls dramatically short and here's why and to help you understand why i'm going to give you an example so we'll talk about a fitness test okay so let's talk about the fitness test that many of you may have heard of let's talk about the bleak test okay so this is used in many branches of the armed forces a lot of the law enforcement all around the world and many of you might have even done it at school or in sporting establishments most people will be familiar with the bleak test i don't want to talk about tests with a high degree of specificity like an rft or, or any of those sorts of things because they're hyper specific and i want this beat to be relatable to, to as many people as is practicable so we'll talk about the bleak test 
let's pretend that the the bleep test is cut off at a score of 15. So at 15, they're going to end it. And let's pretend that we've got two guys. Okay, we've got two athletes and they both weigh roughly the same and they actually both complete the test. They both get to stage 15 on the bleep test, at which point the bleep is ended. Now on paper, those two guys, okay, same age, roughly the same weight, got the same score, fucking mega. Those boys are both getting the same programming. But let's actually excavate that because what we need to start considering and concerning ourselves, which is what we're doing in the Hard to Kill program, is what is the weakest link in the chain? Because we are only interested in the weakest link in the chain. Because let's pretend person A, who weighs 80 kilos and got his, his 15 score on the bleep test, that he was absolutely fucking hanging out from point six onwards. From stage six onwards, he was in a world of hurt. His legs were on fire, his running mechanics started to fall apart because his posture is terrible and he's got muscular tightness all over the place. So he, he, he lost the ability to thoracically extend. He was using secondary respiratory muscles. Running form was terrible. His shins were hurting at the end. Absolutely sucking it in from London town. Could taste blood. Again, that guy, athlete A, has been tested and he has shown that he is an honest dog, that he can do the work, that psychologically he is very robust and he will push himself as far as is necessary to breaking point and beyond to get what to get done what needs done. So we know he is psychologically strong. He has shown that to us. Now let's talk about athlete B. So they both did the same bleak test. This guy's also 80 kilos. This guy also got to stage 15 on the bleak test. His running mechanics were flawless throughout, absolutely faultless. All of his front side and backside mechanics were on point. His breathing um, musculature, his primary breathing and respiratory musculature was functional the whole time. He didn't lose any movement fidelity or postural robustness. Absolutely exceptional. But he was actually coasting. The whole time he was coasting, he found it really, very, very easy. But he's 80 kilos and he got the same score on the test. So therefore, these two guys get the same program. These two guys get access to the same level of coaching. Despite the fact that athlete A actually needs an enormous amount of work he actually arguably needs regressing and looking at his running mechanics at his gait mechanics at his lower limb work capacity at postural robustness and movement fidelity at improving the robustness and functionality of his primary respiratory muscles his primary breathing muscles and just on a, a side note if you don't know what we mean by that there are certain tissues and muscles that are responsible primarily responsible for his breathing under fatigue stress and duress and if they're not trained if you don't have postural robustness you see this all the time people like people's chin starts to go up their shoulders roll forward their chest collapses so they're not actually able to use that and then if they've got muscular tightness in any of the internal medial rotators in the pecs and the lats etc they actually can't expand the thoracic cavity properly anymore that becomes really problematic if they're carrying load because then they literally can't oxygenate themselves so they hit lactate threshold much quicker so things start to burn they start to slow down like it is then a degenerative process to the point of, of eventual failure with that individual even irrespective of how mentally strong they are eventually they will hit that but in order to offset that and delay that your body also has secondary tissues which aren't predominantly responsible for breathing but can be utilized just to keep trying to fucking suck air in what you'll tend to find is if you're using secondary respiratory muscles a lot after runs you'll get tight low backs you'll maybe get headaches all that sort of stuff because you're starting to use your trapezius and stuff like that and that's an example of again inefficiencies in an athlete needs analysis that haven't uncovered and exposed that whereas yet we've got athlete b who we know to be physiologically sound Fantastic front side, back side mechanics. His, his movement fidelity is flawless. His lower limb work capacity, his respiratory and cardiovascular fitness is flawless. But mentally, he has never been challenged. He's never been pushed and never been tested. He might have really deep rooted fears of failure. And actually, when he does start to get challenged, when he does start to get pushed, he will very, very likely self-sabotage, undermine himself and, and want to withdraw, want to quit and, and find it very, very difficult to push himself. But again, let's refer to key point number three here. Like those two people would get the exact 
same program using a template or an app? So I'll ask that as an open-ended question. Do you think either of those individuals stand the chance of fulfilling their true potential in physical preparation based on that? If you arrive at any answer other than no, I'd really value actually having a conversation about that because maybe you th- see things in a different lens from, from where that I do. But after having coached people for 10 years, I'm, I'm really quite confident that neither of those people will go on to fulfill their greater potential because their actual needs are not being met by the, the coaching that is being delivered. So that's, that's point number three. Point number four is they tend to breed dependency. So templates, cookie cutters, apps, they tend to breed dependency and feed into an all or nothing mentality. So what do we mean by that? What do we mean by breeding dependency? Well, the reality is the individuals who who tend to most subscribe to the belief of templates and apps just want something to follow. You know, they, they just, they literally just want something to follow. But the issue is therein that you will start to become dependent on, on a list of exercises because you're not actually thinking for yourself. And again, this is not said through guilt or shame or judgment about the individuals who are, who are acquiring these because they're doing the best they can to solve a problem on a logical level. But, you know, you'll buy a program and let's say that program supposedly solved as being good for four weeks or eight weeks. What happens when you get to that, that eight, the end of the eight weeks? You either revisit from day one, week one, in which case you already far too advanced for that initial stimuli or you have to buy another one so again you become dependent and when we say it breeds an all or nothing mentality typically if it's sold as like again six eight twelve week mentality you believe that it's a very condensed time frame and, and when we start to condense time frames our thinking tends to become permanent pervasive and personal and we start to freak out about missing sessions we, uh, we start to think oh I, I can't do x because i have to do y i've got this training session on if i miss that one i'm behind now i've got to catch up and obviously as a result you, you can't catch up because if you're training six Six days a week you've only got one full rest day so if you decided that you actually wanted a night out with the boys on a saturday which meant that you missed your training and you try and catch up on a sunday and do a double session you're then exhausted heading into monday so that week is suboptimal fatigue will eventually catch you out and or injury and then you start beating yourself up and self-deprecating because you were subscribing to a, a belief system that didn't need to be there in the first place because it was an ineffective and inappropriate solution to the problem you're facing which is you want to acquire physical mastery and improve your physical preparation so that's kind of point number four and point number five um, I'm just going to say it how it is. It's lazy fucking coaching. Um, I actually don't think coaching is an appropriate word to be utilized for just selling a list of exercises. Not that it's there's never an appropriate time for it. I'm, I'm going to go on and, and discuss that next and uh, next and now in, in due course. But I just do really believe that it's lazy coaching because you know don't don't get me wrong here. There have been times in the past when I've considered and contemplated. You know, I, I'm under no illusion that the, that the hard to kill page has has quite a prolific following, and it'd be very very easy to just hire a tech guy create a list of exercises, spunk a couple of grand into it and then sell it to tens of thousands of people. But is it actually helping anybody? Absolutely fucking not. You know, I, I believe in integrity above and beyond anything else. And I I, I make decisions based on morality uh, and through my ethical understanding of what it is to improve individuals as humans. And it just really does not sit well with me. And again, I'm not here to throw stones at anybody. I'm simply here to show you my perspectives, my genuine, honest, organic thinking about the situation in an effort to improve the understanding of everybody's listening to this and start questioning, well, you know, how am I approaching my physical preparation? How how have I tro- tried to solve this problem? And are there things that I could actually be excavating and uncovering that would offer me an enormous amount more solutions? And if I approach it with curiosity rather than just looking for a plug and play solution, could I arguably be better prepared here? And in my opinion, the answer is often yes. So following on from that, is there ever a time when they are useful? Okay, and that's very much what I'd like to discuss now. And I've come up with two occasions and opportunities when potentially they might actually be useful. And I'll 
talk through those. The first is if you are on a very, very tight budget. And I respect and appreciate everyone has different financial circumstances, different levels of dependency, outgoing, etc. That's not up for discussion. That's just a fact. And I'm very respectful of that. But if you are on a very, very tight budget, what I would then retort is that all of the information that you're going to find within apps and templates and cookie cutters is readily available for free online. Be under absolutely no illusion that it is quite literally just a list of exercises. And often when I've looked through many of these and I have genuinely bought these just to have a look at what's involved in order to formulate my opinions and to deliberately try and prove myself wrong, which is something I encourage a lot of people to do is if I have a belief, I will then look for evidence to disprove and discredit at. So I come up with a well-rounded, well-formulated opinion. And honestly, I've done it and I've done that. And it's, if anything, it's added fuel to the fire and thought, right, I'm actually going to say something about this because the, that information is very, very readily available for free online because again, it's not coaching. It is simply a list of exercises. So what you need to understand is, well, what shapes do I need to make and what unused systems need to get better? And if you answer those two questions, you can absolutely fucking 100% write your own programming because they are just a list of ex exercises. And what I would again encourage you to do is if you are on a tight budget is to favor education, lean onto education because it fucking lasts longer because it doesn't come with those inherent risks of injury through um, excessive stimuli. It doesn't breed dependency. It doesn't breed an all or nothing mentality actually fucking empowers you and whilst it might be a little bit of a longer timeline whilst it might take you a couple of weeks to create a program rather than half an hour it took to, to check out um it is going to be a skill set that stays with you indefinitely and you can build upon it you can impart wisdom on others you can start to curiously expand and explore upon well, what works for me what doesn't work for me how does this feel and that's all i did in the early stages of my training career i've, I've been in um, high levels of training since i was about 12 years old so i had an enormous wealth of experience before i even really became educated and then i was able to really put the two together so favor education google and youtube are your friend but all you need to do again is just apply common sense here is apply the ability to critically analyze because i'm aware there is an overwhelming amount of information available and that's why in the hard to kill program coaching is a very important part of what we do but education kind of supersedes and overarches all of that because we coach people as if they, they were going to be future coaches working for and within the hard to kill program that's the level and extent to which we aspire to educate you so you can go on to be your coach your own coach for the rest of your life you should be able to apply your understanding of the fundamentals of strength conditioning nutrition and emotional intelligence to any one of a different number of settings so i would implore you to really lean towards education so if i were to give you an insight well let's pretend that you're paying 30 pounds per month for a training app and let's say that you stuck with that for six months you've just invested 180 pounds but it feels a little bit less damaging because you were spread out well if you were to spend that same money if you spend 180 quid and invest it to go on a training course looking at the fundamentals of hypertrophy looking at fundamentals of strength speed power endurance there are a great many courses one day courses webinars seminars online courses resources available which you could get an enormous amount of value for 180 pounds so i would if you're on a tight budget i would look to invest in education above and beyond anything else obviously again i don't want to seem biased and like i'm pushing people towards it because that's not at all the case but that is again why we push so much onto education because we deliver the snc concurrently with obviously the education so that you kind of get get the, the best of both and the second time which maybe an app would be advantageous, useful, or have a place is if you are actually just not that bothered about training or it's not a huge priority. And that's not said to be disrespectful or to, to, to vilify anybody because that's absolutely fine. Like we all have different interests in life. The world needs all types of people in order to actually function. You know, 
all of us have different strengths and weaknesses and, and the things that maybe I can do or extraordinarily physically robust people can do. There are things that people who are much less robust and a little bit more fragile, but extremely intelligent can do. You know, like I, I'm fucking terrible with tech. I'm terrible with tech and ID and I've absolutely no dramas admitting that whatsoever. So to that extent, I'm not that inclined to learn about it and spend an enormous amount of my time attaining mastery in it. Whereas, you know, to without being too stereotypical, maybe that person is extraordinarily well equipped in technological stuff, uh, very academic, but just is not that concerned but we just would like something to follow and they're not too concerned about investing 30 quid a month just to have something to follow. That's pretty much the only two occasions and occurrences when I can think of an appropriate setting for utilization of an app. Outside of that, you know, I really, really can't think of any and I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to. They do tend to be sort of a gateway drug and I'll be very honest, a high proportion of individuals who aspire to join the hard to kill program, when I ask them about it, have often done apps and they have used off-the-shelf cookie cutter templates, etc. And it's simply because they're self-bound watches. Just like you listening to this they're very driven very determined very motivated to achieve the greatest version of themselves and and they are just a little bit lost for direction but because they are self-armed watches because they're independent and um you know they're not particularly relying on anyone or anything they're always going to try and fix the problem on a logical setting with minimum effective external input so that is their first port of call but we actually welcome them with open arms into the hard to kill program because we we acknowledge that well they actually see value in trying to solve the problem they are driven determined and motivated that was just ineffective for them and actually as a result of multiple engagements and uh, kind of less than glowing reports and reviews of those they actually arrive with us with a greater understanding of what questions they need to ask and what it is they're looking for which we really 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 value now the modus operandi of the hard to kill program is to lead driven individuals to create direction and leadership in their own lives so that they may go on to fulfill their greatest potential and i want to help you to understand that that's the lens through which i would like you to listen to this that is my intent in delivering this it is not to gob off to unnecessarily stir the hornet's nest to, to cause a disrespect to anybody it is simply to offer you new perspectives and new insights and new ways of thinking about this because i've been around the block and i've been the individual who felt frustrated with the lack of progress who felt like they needed to be stricter felt like they just needed a plan they could stick to and over the years you know i've invested in multiple different solutions and every time i've come to that same impasse of it, this is just not sustainable and i don't really want to have to buy another one and i'm not really learning from it and if anything because I'm not learning and I expect you to learn, I'm becoming very frustrated and it's becoming harder to, to build consistency. And I just feel like I'm going around in circles. I feel like I jump on a program, my motivation is really high and they start to plateau and there's nothing next. So then my motivation obviously naturally drops because I have no direction and I go round and round and round and round in circles. What I'm talking about you to today is to try and help you understand that that is normal because the, the solution is often a little bit ineffective for the actual problem. And as I've spoken about in earlier podcasts, what we need to do is again, try transcend just the logistical problem and look at it from a psychological perspective which is very much well what is it you actually aspire to achieve with your physical preparation and what is at fault here you know can it be fixed education is it a mindset problem or is it is it is it a logistical problem because more often than not it is going to be a belief system issue and we've got to transcend that so if you're finding it very very difficult to be consistent and you're telling yourself you're not motivated almost every single time that that is the case it is never a motivation issue is there's no actual clearly defined goal so as a result there's no 
reverse engineered and clearly laid out strategy that you trust and are able to adhere to and is factoring in your lifestyle and situation considerations. Then if you don't have that, there's also no accountability to a strategic engineered plan toward an end goal. There's no support and facilitation of that. And that is the issue, not your motivation, not being more strict whatsoever. So that's the lens and perspective through which I would like you to view this, that I'm trying to offer you new insights as to how we think and uh, what it is that may be necessary for you to, to move forward, to gain momentum and to gather direction in the pursuit of the greatest version of yourself and potential pitfalls and holes that I would very, very much like for you to avoid in an effort to do so. Uh...